Welcome to 2017. For those of you who are still dating your checks, 2016, I'll, I'll say this constantly this month. Some of you don't even know what a check is because you don't write checks anymore. We rarely do also. Um, for those of you who are cold this morning, I just want to remind you that next Sunday we will have the air conditioning on. It's supposed to be in the 80s. So if, if, you, if you're too cold today, wait till next week, you'll be warm. But it reminds me that our Savior is in control of everything. That he can bring the winter weather here. And the next day he can bring the sun to melt the snow. And he never grows weary of doing that. As if God is saying, this is my creation and they will glorify me. And he's telling us, watch the creation glorify me. So may we see, may we do. I want to challenge you this morning from the book of 1 Corinthians. So this will be our New Year's challenge. And I just want to challenge you today just to do more for the kingdom this year in 2017. To do more for the kingdom. Next week we will begin a, a series in the book of Hosea, which I've been praying over. And the Lord just has been impressing on my heart to preach to Hosea. And I said, Lord, surely not. So I went back and prayed, Lord, what should, we, what should I preach? He said, Hosea. So I went back again and said, Lord, surely not. Lord, don't you know what's in that book? He's like, I sent, he's my prophets. And then I said, Lord, okay, we will journey through the book of Hosea, a book of brokenness and unfaithfulness and God saying, yet I will pursue because I pursue a people who are not faithful. And I said, Lord, how could you do that? And he said, but Josh, you're asking, how could I pursue you? And I said, Lord, thank you for pursuing the unfaithful. Because we are, I am that person. We are, we are that group. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning, do more for the kingdom. I have several desires for this message. First, that we just look with anticipation at the year ahead. For many of you that last year was a difficult year. And I'm not one that's very superstitious or believes in the calendar dictating my life. And so for me, January 1st is just another day. It's after December 31st. Um, so when I change calendars, it's more of a nuisance than anything. I have to go buy a new one rather than a new revelation in my life. Um, but for some of you, you are longing for that day where you can rip that calendar off your refrigerator and put a new one there. So if that's you, I pray that this year that God will renew his strength in your life. That he renewed to you as he does every morning the joy of your salvation. And just remind you that you are here right now at this time, at this location for a purpose. That you are not here by accident. God has in his sovereign and holy will called you to this point. Not just this point in your life, but this moment. I mean, why weren't you not snowed under? As some people are, how could you get out of your driveway and be here? Because God wanted you here to hear his word, to be encouraged and to say, Lord, I, I need to change in a way that honors Christ. Lord, actually, I can't change. If I am born again, you have made me a new creation. Lord, I can't change. Therefore, you sent your son to die for me. That way I would have new life. And that way I would be transformed. So I pray that this message from 1 Corinthians 9 would challenge your heart. It would make you question the status quo and put actions to your spirit to do more for the kingdom of Christ this year. You see, the heartbeat of, 
of Bethel, the heartbeat of my life and of our family as we pray and push into God's grace more and more is that we want to be people who bring the whole gospel to the whole person, to the whole world. Knowing that there is nothing in the counsel of God that we should not teach, that we should not trust. Because everything in God's word is living and active. So that's why we, we proclaim the entire counsel of God's word, the whole gospel. But we also know that the whole gospel is good for the whole person. That there's no scoundrel here worse enough not to be saved by his goodness and his mercy. And how do I know that? Because I'm standing here. How do I know that? Because you're sitting there. And may we not think that God has saved us to now be too good to pursue others for his glory. That's why we say we bring the whole gospel to the whole person and now to the whole world. That we say, Lord, let us push in more. Let us reach these unreached people groups that we might not know exist. God, let us pray for ISIS, a group that we find difficult to pray for because they hate us. And God says, yeah, but you hated me at one point. That we say, God, send us to the countries that, that we struggle with. God, send us to Afghanistan to share the goodness of Christ, knowing that the only answer to terror is not more security. The answer to terror in this world is the cross of Christ. That we would say, Lord, let that be our hearts. Father, in 2017, let us do more, knowing that it's by your grace that we can do anything. So I pray that this would be your passion this year. And so I ask you, are you joining in this mission? Are you joining in this mission? Just practically, I would say, if you don't have your passport, get one. You need one. That we can't say, Lord, send me anywhere without having a passport. So I just challenge you to do that. If yours need to be renewed, renew it. And that way, when you pray, Lord, send me, you say, I don't know where, but Lord, I'm preparing. And I will go. Are you bringing the good news with you? And you say, well, I'm scared to fly. I'm scared to get on the boat. You don't have to go to Antarctica. This is where the gospel hits us. Are you bringing the good news when you go home? Knowing that when we get off work, sometimes the, the people that need more grace are those that we're going to go see first because we're worn out. Are you bringing God's news to work? Knowing that some of us work in places that are war zones. Now, I work here, so I'm not going to say that's true of myself. But many of you go to places where daily it is as if you are peeling back the layers of the darkness going to work. Are you bringing the good news, the gospel there, the transformation of the Lord Jesus Christ? When you go to the gym, some of you have made a New Year's resolution to work out. I made a New Year's resolution on just not going to the gym. And I fulfilled that last year. I'm on pace to, to do that this year. Just never been a gym person. I'll play sports. I'm a team sports person. I'll play soccer, basketball, football all day, every day. But I don't like working out by myself. It's just not who I am. But if that's you, are you bringing the good news there? Because you should. Knowing that we train ourselves, bodily training is of, of some good, but training in the spirit is of eternal value. Bringing the good news. When you go to the ball fields, eh, knowing that in that moment, people who are so angry because their kids have let them down because they missed a strike, knowing that your son or daughter who missed a strike and you're yelling at them needs grace and truth. 
and you need God's forgiveness for yelling, that the gospel impacts everywhere we go. And when you go to the grocery store and there's only one line open and you only have two items and you're in that 20 or less checkout line and the person in front of you has 100, that you bring the gospel there to say, Lord, maybe I need to serve them. Maybe I need to be patient. Lord, maybe it's not about me this year or even today. So with that, let's look at 1 Corinthians 9. I pray that we would do more for the kingdom. I, I dare think that not anyone in here wants to do less. So may we do more together. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. The first part of this verse is going to get a hallelujah, and it goes downhill from there. For though I am free from all men, and we live in the land of the free. So when we hear freedom, we say what? Yes, Lord, make us free. Paul says this. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. To the Jews I have become as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who were under the law as under the law, that I might win those who were under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law towards God, but under law towards Christ, that I might win those who are under and without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now I do this for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. Verse 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with un uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjugation, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Let's pray. Father, we so desire to do more for your kingdom knowing that we can do nothing in our strength, knowing that it is by the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can worship you at all. But Lord, may our cry be today that we will present our bodies as living sacrifices to you, holy and pleasing, that this would be our spiritual act of worship. Father, we desire to be a servant, so we commit to do that this morning. Oh, that we may pursue those who need you and that we would run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I, I have three challenges for you this morning. Three challenges. So commit to serve. I challenge you to commit this year to pursue others for the name of Christ. And I challenge you to do this, to commit to run well, now some of you have already committed to go to the gym, don't like to run. I like to run, but don't like to go to the gym, but we are challenged to run the race spiritually. So first, let's look at God's word, how it 
meets us where we are. Verse 19, commit to serve the Lord more this year. You see, Scripture teaches us this truth that servants are made and that you and I are made to serve. Because in the Greek, the first word that jumps out of this verse, the construction is this. In the Greek, it is free I am from all men. So Paul fronts that word to give it emphasis. So Paul begins this way. We are free. Actually, he says, free I am. And we say, yes, I love God's word. We are free. We live in the land of the free. Free I am, free indeed. But then Paul says, God's word says, free I am, but, but I have made myself a servant to all. You know, Paul echoes this theme that he has made himself a servant. And that is something that we struggle with. We sometimes want to serve, but we don't want to be called a servant. Lord, I'll serve you, but don't call me a servant or a slave. And the truth is, we all serve someone or something. So before you say, well, not me, I don't serve anyone. Oh, but we do. We live in a culture and we are bound by a nature that says, serve yourself, look out for you. And we build our lives around comfort, don't we? That's because we're serving us. And, and practically, I was reminded of this yesterday. We live in a world that creates electric blankets for our beds. So if you don't like how hot or cold it is outside of your comfort area of your comforter, you could turn on the electric blanket. But get this, my grandmother is, is wonderful. She listens to our needs. And so she gets us Christmas presents. I have a grandmother that gets me Christmas presents that we love. Normally it's cash. So we can all use that. But several years ago, she knew that Casey wanted an electric blanket and ours had burned up. We were okay, it didn't burn us. But she got us an electric blanket that has dual controls. So not only do we have an electric blanket, I can turn mine off and she can turn hers on. And so we're bound by a culture that says, look, do what makes you feel comfortable. Now it's not sinful to have an electric blanket because I'm gonna use ours tonight when it's 10 below or whatever it's gonna be. But we live in a world that says, do what makes you feel comfortable. Serve yourself. You need this. If you're hungry, then grab this candy bar. It will satisfy you. And we live in a world that says you, 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 you. And if we're honest, it's the world that we have created. We live in a place where we can go to the, the fast food that says have it, not, not their way, but you go there because you can have it your way. Well, I don't go there because you can have it your way. I go there because I can have it my way because we are about service to us. And Jesus reminds us though, be careful who you serve. Because in Matthew 6 and the Beatitudes, he says this, no one can be a slave of two masters since he will either hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and money. This is why I tell you, do not worry about your life. And we say, well, if I'm not worrying about me, then who will? Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. These are the words of Christ. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
And we say, but if we don't worry about us, if I don't serve me, then who will look out for me? And God is saying to us, if you trust me, you will pray, Lord, give me today my daily bread. No, that Lord, give me today the, the bread I need to survive that you give. Lord, give me your bread that I may eat. Lord, give me drink that, that you provide for me. Lord, give me clothes that, that you desire for me. That way I can fight this battle of me, me, me. And God says, who are you serving this year? And before we say, Lord, I'm serving you, he says, well, why don't you check your heart first that we may serve Christ. So I ask you, who is your master? Who are you serving? Because we're quick to shout hallelujah when the Bible says we are free. But we're quick to be silent when Paul says, but I have served. That way some might be saved. Who are you serving? Jesus is our model and he is a model servant. This is why Christ in Matthew 10, verse 45, Jesus says, the son of man has come not to be served, but to be a servant and to give his life as a ransom for many, for all. Are we modeling the servanthood of our Savior? So I ask you this year, are you ready to serve? Because to serve Christ is to serve others. And that's the heart of what Paul is saying to us. Look at verse 19. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. So if you say, well, Lord, how can I serve then in 2017? How does that work? Well, it first begins this way. Servanthood begins with a servant first perspective. A servant first perspective. You see, the eyes of a servant are constantly on the master and not on himself. The eyes of the servant are on the master. And so God's word forces us to ask then, Lord, what freedom or taste or preference or comfort am I willing to lay down to serve you this year? Lord, am I willing to exchange my comfort for your crowns? Lord, am I willing to lay down my desires to serve you? And we need to be careful because sometimes we say, well, Lord, I'll serve you, but I'm not serving him. What would Jesus say to us? He would say, I laid down my life as a ransom, not to be served, but to be a servant. So to serve Christ is to serve others. And so how are you going to serve more this year? If we already have the proper perspective, we have to ask the question, then Lord, give me the eyes to see that way I may serve the world. Lord, let me serve my neighbors, but I need to know what they need. Lord, I have to open my garage door and, and be welcoming. Lord, I might even have to let my neighbors inside my house and to listen to them. Lord, you know how they live. I don't want them in my house. But Father, may I serve them. Lord, may I open my life to those that are in need, knowing that we might have to sacrifice comfort to serve the Lord. And it is worth it. God, give us a servant perspective. God, give us that heart that Paul says, I am free, but yet I am servant to all. Do you see the needs around you? May your prayer be, Lord, 
open my eyes that I might see the needs of those around me that I can serve them. Because, Lord, if I can't see, I can't serve. So may you have a proper perspective this year. Second, a servant can only serve one master at a time. And so if you are competing for Jesus in your life, Jesus is not the problem, you are. So may you release the grip you have on yourself and say, God, there is no comparison in my life for you, my Lord and Savior. That doesn't mean there's no competition for Christ. That just means there's no comparison. Because often I look in the mirror and I find myself competing for Christ for my attention. As if I am competition to Jesus. As if. So if you are serving other things, if you are trying to serve the career ladder or serve your family over Christ, or to serve your desires or make your comfortable life and you say, Lord, I'm not willing to let go of this. May your prayer be today, Father, I don't know how I can release, but Lord, give me freedom to serve that I can do it more. You see, servants choose to take a lower posture. To serve naturally implies that we will stoop down, that we will bend down, that we will work in a way that elevates another person over ourselves. And that how difficult that is in our life. To say, Lord, I will elevate you, and by elevating you, I'm also elevating others. Lord, help us serve. We see that to serve Christ is also to serve others. So I ask you, how are you serving? And is your faith and worship characterized more by serving or being served? That you would look around and, and find ways to serve the Lord. That you would look at the kids in our church and you might not see it because they don't come in here a lot. But often we have 75 to 100 kids back that way. And that we would look and say, Lord, I know that I'm past my children years, thank God. But Lord, if you call me to serve them, I'll do it. Because they need an adult to love them and to cherish them. You say, well, I don't have any kids. But I'm thankful for people that don't have children that pour into mine. That we would serve. That we would open our eyes and say, Lord, that... that we have Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights. And by the way, we need people just to come love. So I don't know anything about those that are struggling or anything going on with that. You don't have to. Do you know Jesus? That's all we need to serve. Lord, I know you. I don't know anything else. But Lord, open my eyes to serve you, knowing that when I elevate Christ in my life, I will demote myself and I will elevate others and I will serve them. That we will look around at those in the nursing home that don't have visitors and say, Lord, that's a difficult place to be, but I will go and I will faithfully love them. When they don't have any family that comes, maybe because their family lives far, far away, but Lord, I'll be the family that they need. I'll serve them. Lord, I'll drive up and down my road and, and I'll see the needs of my neighbors. Or I'll look in my home and I'll see the needs of those in my house and Lord, I'll serve my wife because Lord, I'm to show the love of Christ to her. Or Father, when I get home from work and I just want to debrief and unwind and the kids are vying for my attention, Lord, I'll put down the phone and I'll love them because I'm going to serve them first. That we would serve Christ in a way more this year than ourselves. So I just ask you simply, how are you going to serve the world? 
because God's word says that I am free of all men, but I have made myself a servant that some might be saved. So may you do more in 2017. May you live a missional life that is marked by service, a life that is marked in a way that others will see our service and then see our king. God, help us be this image. Help us be, 1 Corinthians 19, I have made myself a servant to all that the kingdom might be advanced this year. May we be challenged. I challenge you to commit to serve. Secondly, not only should we serve and serve more, find some place to serve. Plug in and let me just say this as a pastor. If you have a family here today, your job is to serve your family before you serve in this church. Husbands, if you are neglecting your wife because you're serving here, you're in error. Wives, if you are neglecting your husband because you're serving here, if you're neglecting your family because you think you're serving the Lord here first, serve Christ, serve your husband or your spouse, serve your family, then serve the Lord here. I, I can't reiterate that enough, that we don't get so busy that we become busy not serving the Lord, we serve ourselves. But serve, serve the kingdom. Pursue, commit to pursue this year. Secondly, that we would serve him more, not to be busy, but to advance the kingdom for his name's sake, that we would pursue. And you say, well, pastor, then who should I pursue? Paul demonstrates the motivation for why he serves. Verse 19. He said, I have made myself a servant that I might win the more. Now, what Paul is not saying is that he leads anyone to Christ. Paul is not saying by his effort people get saved. But Paul is saying that he will live in a way that the glory of Christ might shine in him, that they might hear the word of God through his actions and through his mouth. Pursue, commit to do that. He said, well, who should I pursue? Pursue those that don't know the Lord. He said, well, I don't know any of those people. Yes, you do. Go to the store. Go eat out. Open your eyes. Go walk down the street. He said, well, they all go to church. That doesn't mean they know the Lord. Look around. We have people that don't know the Lord here. And some of us might fool ourselves that we're that person. He said, well, I grew up in a church all my life. I'm thankful that you have heard God's word over and over and over and over again. My prayer today is that you would finally listen, that you would hear it. So may we not buy the lie, well, that I go to a church. That's not what God's word says. It says, have you confessed Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you repented of your sins? Josh, have you repented and turned from Josh and turned to Jesus? May we commit to pursue. So I ask you, are you willing to commit to pursue those far from the Lord? You don't have to pursue the entire world at the same time. I just ask you this, who is your one? Who is the one person that you will commit to and say, Lord, I will pray daily for that person because they don't know you. And as often as I can, I will love them in a way that they see Christ. And as often as I can, I will share the good news. And you say, well, I'm going to live in a way that they see Jesus. Yes, but they need to hear the good news. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The, the good news of Christ. You say, well, I'm living a way that they know Jesus. Well, you need to live in a way that when you speak, they listen. But we have to speak. We have to tell them that Jesus died to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And because we're the worst, then you have a chance. 
I've already broken the ice and Christ died for me. Pursue the lost. Will you commit for that one? And I ask you to begin praying and say, Lord, who is the one I need to commit to pursue? Can you imagine if we all committed to pursue one for the sake of Jesus Christ over and over and over again, that we wouldn't have church because the baptistry would be overflowing. We had to have separate services because the Spirit of God would move in a way because His people have been faithful. Commit to pursue those. But the commitment to pursue will require effort. This is what Paul says, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And so how does he do that? Verse 20, to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who were under the law as under the law, that I might win those who were under the law. To those who are without law as without law. And so God's word reminds us in parentheses here that he doesn't want to give you a right or an out to to sin, that's not what Paul's saying, but that not being without law toward God, but under the law towards Christ. That I live in a way that I would live to meet those where they are, that they might see Christ. That takes work. It takes effort. It means this, if you're trying to reach someone that drives motorcycle, rides motorcycles, you see how much I ride them. You know what you're gonna have to do? You're gonna have to learn how to ride a motorcycle. Because if you walk out there in your skinny jeans and your flannel vest, say, Mr. Motorcycle Guy, let me tell you about Jesus. He's going to look at you and say, boy, who are you? So there you go. There's your right to go buy a motorcycle. If you are going to reach someone that likes sports, go watch a game with them. You say, I don't like their team. Who cares? Will you spend time that they might see Christ? Pursuing those that are in need requires effort. Paul says, to the Jews, I became what? To Jews, he doesn't say, well, I waited for them to get their act together and come to church. And when they sat by me, I share Christ. No, we should be people that pursue others for the name of Jesus Christ. There's a reason why I'm trying to figure out how to say roll tide. Because I live in Alabama. As much as I cringe when I say it, if other people might come to Christ because I say it, it is worth every word. And that's such a petty example. But how, what length should we go to share Christ? Paul says, I have become what things? I have become not till I get comfortable, not I, I've gone out of my comfort zone. Paul says, I have become all things. Are you willing to pursue those that need Christ? And when we pray for them, God would put them in our heart that we would now live in a way that say, God, let me pursue. May we be pursuers because I remember the day that I had people that surrounded me and pursued me for the sake of Jesus Christ. And I didn't know what they were doing. I thought they were weird and strange. And why would they invest time in me? because they loved me and they cared and they wanted to see me understand that Christ has redeemed me and given me a new name, that they would see me one day bow my knee and my tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, God does not ask you to change your ways. He said, believe, confess me as Lord, and I will change you and give you new birth. 
So may we not expect others to change their ways before Christ. Think about that. So if someone has a foul mouth and you say, well, I'm not going to share Christ with them. I don't want to be around them. We can't expect people to change until Christ has changed their hearts. But let me say this. If Christ changes their hearts, oh, from the mouth speaks the overflow of the hearts. So may we pursue May we commit to do that. Some of you might know this gentleman, Cyril of Jerusalem, said this. Everywhere the Savior becomes all things to all men. To the hungry, bread. To the thirsty, water. To the dead, resurrection. To the sick, a physician. To sinners, redemption. That we would pursue the lost. So I ask you this morning, are you ready to, to become all things to all people? It might mean that we take off our suits and our ties and get dirty. And yet, when we do, we can say, but Christ has offered us forgiveness for our sins. And it is worth every drop of dust that we might collect along the way. Pursue. Who are you pursuing? Are you ready to commit this morning to pursue those that are in need? If you are not, remember that Jesus is pursuing you. And he found you valuable and worth it. He pursued you so much that he died for you. What a wonderful thought. Pursue the lost. Pursue those that are far from God. So I ask you this year, commit to serve. Commit to pursue. And lastly, commit to run. Verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. You see, it's not simply enough to pursue. Because we don't know what we're pursuing, that we run as someone that's fighting against nothing or the air. So we must run in the strength of the Lord. So when we commit to serve, we serve with his strength. When we commit to pursue others in Christ, we commit to do so with Christ going before us and the Holy Spirit leading us. So when we commit to run for his glory, we now commit to do so in the strength of the Lord. So I ask you, are you ready to run for his glory? Paul says, verse 26, that I run this way, not with uncertainty, not as one that is fighting and who beats the air. I was practicing and reading over this verse on Wednesday of this week. And Dan, Dan sits right here. Um, Dan's been with us a week, week plus now. So I'm not used to Dan's rhythms and what he does. And so I walk down, I'm, I'm praying over this verse, verse 26. Lord, do not let me run with uncertainty. Father, I don't want to fight as one who beats the air. So I walk by the choir room and the door's open, and there's loud music, and Dan's directing. He's directing the air. I'm thinking, Lord... You've commanded me not to beat the air, and yet Dan is practicing. And, I, and then that, that picture just overflowed me that, but he's doing it with purpose. He knows what he's doing. That we should live and run in a way that others might see, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you beating the air? And we say, I'm not. Because I'm not going to live that way. I'm going to live with certainty. Because God commands us, Christians, Christ followers, that we live and we run in a way where we're not seeking crowns that are made by the world. You see, Paul is here referring to the, uh, the Isthmian games. They're Greek games that were held every two years. And these games 
um, were the second most popular games compared to the Olympic Games. You might have heard of them. So Paul's referring to actual races, the stadia. I run the stadia in a stadium where I'm not running for a crown that men make. And we, we know by ancient documents that these crowns that the, the runners would get were made of pine needles that were plastered. And then they, then they went upscale. Then they gave the, the winners, they gave them um, crowns of celery. So that, that was what the winner received. He received a crown or a wreath of celery. And I told our Wednesday night group, I hate celery. I would just not run. I hate, I despise it. If you cook for me, don't put celery in it. It overpowers everything. I just don't like it. And I'm a vegetable eater. But I'm reminded that we are not to run in a way where we are running after celery. And how often does the world see us and, and they see, hey, you follow Christ, but you're pursuing the same things I am. You're just working because you want a bigger house or you want bigger vacations or you want this or you want that. And we're in the scheme of eternity, it's just celery. We're living in a way as if we get up to the pearly gates and we say, Lord, look at all the celery I brought you. And God says, that's not what I wanted for you. I wanted you to pursue eternal crowns. And, and pastor, the house that you're working for, one day it's going to be dust and ashes. And, and you know the cars that you drive, one day they're going to be of no value. And you even know the earth you live on, one day it's going to not be here because there's going to be new heavens and new earth. And so God just reminds us this morning, but run well, commit to do so for the name of the Lord. That we would run in a way where we are not pursuing the things that everyone else is pursuing. That they would look at us and say, why are you doing, why do you give? Why do you serve? You know, why, are you, why are you not pursuing this, this bigger thing and better thing? I'm not doing that because I want to give towards missions. I want to help missionaries, and I want to get towards my neighbor. I don't want to live in a way where I can take my resources and give them to God. And, and the world says, I don't understand it. And we say, I don't either, but I know that I am reaching for crowns that are eternal, not for crowns that are made of celery, not for things that are temporary. So I leave you with this quote by the world's fastest man who is now since retired. Usain Bolt once said to an interview, he said, how do you run so fast? And here's his quote, this is the fastest man in the world. I've been watching him for 10 years now. He's never lost it, I've seen. They said, how do you run so well? And he says this, there are better starters than me. He said, but I'm a strong finisher. I love that. He said, there are better, and there are. You'll watch him in the Olympics. And there will, the whole pack will just dart out in front of him. And then about halfway through, here he comes, finishing strong. So I challenge you in your faith to finish strong this year. Run well. And you might say, well, I haven't started well, but we can finish strong. Paul says, run in a way that you do not fight as one who beats the air. Because if we are running in our strength, it is nothing. It is valueless. Church, run well, finish strong. Commit to serve this year. Commit to serve the Lord in all of his glory and honor. Not because you have to, but because he's worth it. He is worth everything that we do. Commit to pursue the lost and the needy. 
the sick and the hurting, those that have fallen in the ditch. And it means we have to go in the ditch to find those in the ditch. But we pursue them for the sake of Jesus Christ and run well. If you're here today and you are weary, and you said, you know what, I was running for Christ, but somewhere along the way I turned my ankle. Or, or something hit me in the face. Or I was doing well and we got to Christmas this year and someone passed away. We have many in our faith family. Just death seems to be beating on our doors recently. I challenge you to spend some time this morning in response to the gospel and say, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Because, Father, without your salvation, I don't have joy. And if I'm honest right now, I don't have much joy. But, Lord, I know where joy comes from because you are joy. Lord, help me run well. Maybe you're here today and we've talked about pursuing those that are in need and you're the one that needs to be pursued. And you have not yet put your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to remind you that this is the same Jesus that was incarnated. God becoming flesh, that he would meet you where you are. That you would know that he lived a perfect life for you. Tempted in every way that we are tempted. Yet, the Bible says, without sin. And he died a death that we should have died. To pay a debt that you owe. That you might have eternal life if you believe and put your faith in his sacrifice. And this is the same Savior that looked at the crowds that were crucifying him and said this, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they do. That is the God that we serve. That says, if you confess me as Lord and Savior, and if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive those sins and purify you of all unrighteousness. So I ask you, if you have not put your faith in Christ, that you would do that this morning. You are here today for a reason, to hear the gospel message, to know that Jesus is pursuing you. Maybe you're here and you're a church person. You're part of the church folk crowd that I used to be a part of. And you've sort of been serving the Lord, but you do it out of obligation because that's what your mom told you to do. And you know what? You, you sometimes read your Bible because you feel like that's what you should do, but, but there's not any joy in that. And you come to church because you, it's the new year and you feel like you have to be here and you brave the weather so you get a star in heaven for that. But, but you don't see the joy that Paul says. He said, I, don't, I can't make myself all things to all people because I don't want to. Maybe God is saying you, to you this morning, that's because you don't truly know the Son. You know about him, you know this historical Jesus, but you have never embraced him as yours. And maybe today is the day that God needs to pull back the, the veil from your eyes and, and the religious shackle that sometimes we wear and to say it's not about your religion or your moral, your moral behavior as if we can have any, but it's about pursuing Jesus Christ and him and him only. So maybe for the first time you, you realize, look, you don't truly know the Lord like you think you do. If that's you, this time of response is for you. That you would say, Lord, I need you. That you would embrace me. And when we run to the altar, when we run to Christ, every time he will embrace you if you believe in his son. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I want to be the more crowd. I want to serve him because he serves me. 
I wanna pursue those that are in need because he pursued me. And Lord, I want to run well. I might not have started strong, but Lord, I wanna finish. I will fight the good fight. I will run the race and Lord, I will keep the faith. Let's pray together. Father God.